Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out once again at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch, and we're excited to be with you once again. This is a show where we just hang out, talk about life issues. Dave's a boomer. I'm a millennial. Boomer. And we just uh, we just like to talk things through and hopefully start up conversations so that people can actually talk in a way that's I'd like to know what's so funny about boomer, though, because I said to somebody, I'm a boomer, and they laughed. Uh, so I don't know what that I don't know what that laugh meant. Was it? I, like I a, was just telling. Was him, it a laugh? Was it a chuckle? Was it somewhat cynical? It, yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, it's like I, <laughs> I'm thinking. You know what? I'm just trying to give you my age. I wasn't trying to say another thing. I, oh, you know what? How old are you? I said, "Well, I'm a boomer," and uh, it's like, what does that it's mean? It's a category. Okay, fine. I mean, when I say millennial. Yeah, I don't laugh. I cry. <laughs> <laughs> Big difference. Big, big difference. Touche. Touche. So I I think, um, hey, welcome back from your busy summer. In the summer, tell the people what you actually do in the summer and why you've been absent from the microphone. Yeah, so we just finished up our 54th summer summer. here at Silver Tranch, and it was nice to have it full again. It was nice to be able to welcome students back. Um, And the cool thing was, you know, as we get to share with kids as young as eight years old all the way up through high school, um, we get to take them away from the craziness that is life, put them in the middle of the woods where they can try new things like zip lining, whitewater rafting, paintballing, whatever it is, be in relationship together, which over the last year and a half, they haven't had much opportunities to do that in person and then uh, point them towards God. And the cool thing yep. is, is that hundreds of them responded to the gospel, um, and committed their lives to Christ for the first time. And so that was my summer, which was super exciting. Yeah, now, you, throughout the summer, um, you spoke to groups, I spoke to groups. Tell me the atmosphere this summer, because this is the first summer after the major impact of, the, of COVID took place. You know, So the, last summer, we were kind of impacted a little bit differently. Yeah, we put This summer, we had a together. full camp. So what, what did you experience? What was, was there anything different with the kids from the COVID years? I would say that you could totally tell that they were longing for a relationship. They wanted to, to be together. But even I had the opportunity to speak for our high school camp this summer, and I've never had a group that listened so well because we had like over 300 high schoolers in a room um, and usually you get some sort of side chatter, people hanging out on the phones. There was zero of that the entire week, which I was stunned. And so you could tell that there was a hunger for that right. once again. Um, and on a, on a practical side of things, you know, our, our, our camp, our own camp was like, what, five days long? Yeah. For the first time, like halfway through it, like you could tell they were exhausted yeah. because they weren't used to it. You know, so there were so many different dynamics this summer that played into it. But you, uh, the overall feeling was they were grateful, thankful, and hungry for it yeah. um, and receptive to it which yeah. is good. And, you know, and, and it, our, our theme this summer was the search. Um, and we, so we talked a lot about truth and how you can know the truth. And, and I think that hit a lot of strums because there's been a lot of um, misconceptions and yeah. lies and mistruths. But to be able to say, you know, not only is there truth, singular, but you can know the truth. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people responded really well to that. Yeah, you know, it was really exciting. I, I agree with you. The, the weeks I spoke, the kids listened incredibly well. Yeah. They just listened. And it, they have in the past, but not like they did this summer. Yeah, it was definitely a noticeable difference. Yeah, and there was a, a, an excitement about just being together. Yeah. It's like they all escaped from COVID land for a few minutes. 
mm-hmm. a few weeks, a yeah. few days, a few and, days, and yeah. they just were free to be kids again. Mm-hmm. And really, I noticed sometimes it took a couple of days for them to get into it. Right. They were, they were kind of paranoid the first couple of days, yeah. wondering some. And, and then by the end of the week, they were just kids again, and mm-hmm. they were enjoying being together. I want to encourage all the parents out there. Your children need to socialize. They need to be with other people. They need to be out and active and, and with you. We, we need to really, I believe, I'm 65 now, but I think we need to get out from behind our masks. We need to enjoy people face-to-face. Yeah. Now, I don't want to get political. I'm not trying to be political. I'm just saying that when I look at ministry for 54, this is my 54 summer, the camps have always struggled with any communicable disease, mm-hmm. any, right. any. You know, whether it be the flu, whether it be colds, whether it be lice. I mean, through the years, we have always been a place where when you gather a bunch of people together, mm-hmm. you have potential for some kind of unpleasant spreading of something. It's just the nature of the business. It is. And it's like a school or yeah. something of that nature. So this has never been new to us. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we can say that we will protect people 100%. Because right. that's not ever possible. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, what we need to do, I think, as a society, my, my opinion, is we need to start living normally. And we need to understand that there are things you do. Um, you wash your hands. You don't sneeze in people's faces. You basically stay home if you're sick. I, I mean, let's just live according to some really good rules as far as normal human interaction. Mm-hmm. And get back to normal. I, I, that would be my vote. I don't know who's listening. I don't know who cares. Right. But, but that would be my vote because we need to do this for the health of our people. We keep talking about physical health. It's not, there's more to life than not getting the flu. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's mental health. There's spiritual health. Right. There's physical health. Have you seen, have your kids been affected at all by this COVID stuff? Uh, I wouldn't say too much. Yeah, of course, we're northern Wisconsin redneck area, so it's like yeah, uh, people, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I mean, we, and we've been around camp, and there, we've still done groups and things, and, and so for them, it hasn't been a huge good interference, I yeah, would say. Yeah, that's good, because some that have come up have, you know, they've worn a mask for a year and a half, and they yeah. just haven't been back to normal at all, and, and even now, schools are masking up, and I, I don't know, you know, my own non-scientific Dave wager opinion. You, I don't know how those masks can stay sanitary, right. you know, all day long if you're wearing them. I, I just don't know how that happens. Mm-hmm. And I personally think if you think it is keeping you healthier, I, I don't think so. Right. I think you're fooling yourself because you're breathing all day in it. You're touching it. There's all kinds of stuff that's going on between you and that mask. Um, just my opinion. And uh, nobody obviously has to listen to it. Um, but I think one of the great things of our country is we can all hold that opinion. It's not that I'm trying to be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And if anyone tells me, I'm, you know, well, if you love other people, you'll do this. Well, honestly, if, if you're very afraid that I'm going to spread a disease to you, then you should stay, you should take the responsibility to stay six feet away while we're talking. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you can do that. And I wouldn't judge you for it. I mean, that's life. You want to wear a mask, you can wear one. If mm-hmm. you think that's actually going to help you, Go ahead. Right. So, so the deal is we don't need to argue about it because mm-hmm. if you honestly feel that way, go ahead and wear one, and I'm not going to say a word. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just telling you what I think, and I'm not going to wear one at this point. Yeah. Uh, unless, of course, there's, you know, stores that force you and you got to buy milk or something. You know, I mean, I, I can do that to, or not shop in the store. I guess that's my 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 choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the world we're in is kind of interesting. Where where can people today even find out what's true when you talk about science or anything else? Do you have any idea? Like your generation right now, where are you where are you finding out what's true? Oh man, well it's it's on the internet primarily, but then you I mean there's so much opinion yeah. laced in everything, you know. Um, even in the name of science, there's opinion now, um, which which is crazy, you know. And so when you say science, unfortunately, it's become a political terminology now. Yeah, you know, I I, I encourage Christians be very careful with the verb the verbiage you use. Yeah. For example, when you say something like, you know, follow the science, you need to wear masks. You're not really citing studies at that point. You're not really citing anything. What you've done is you've diminished the idea of science. Right. Because you can go anywhere and find opposing views on whatever you just said. Right. And so now whenever anyone says just follow the science, your brain kicks into this gear like that's goofy. There is none. Mm hmm. And you're following whatever you want. So pretty soon, science has no validity at all in our brains. Right. And that's where we've come as a culture. Mm-hmm. Government, no validity at all in our brains. Right. You know, because we're, we're watching a dysfunctional group of people do things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm saying, you know, this is the chaos that's ensuing in the world is because we as a people and as a world are trying to live life totally without God Mm -hmm. and without order and without respect and without, you know, I I think we need to respect those in authority, but we also need to understand that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel and others did that when they oppose God and they do something that is totally wrong, we need to respectfully disagree. Correct. And you got to figure out how to do that. So do you teach, uh, and you may not even thought of it, but do you teach your kids how to respectfully disagree? Try to. Yeah. I mean, is there, like, I'm trying to think of what somebody, how old are your kids again? Uh, our oldest is just about to turn eight. Okay. So, um, you... so and, and for them, it's still a simple understanding. You know, I mean, it's at the point where it's like, you know, don't do that. Right. Well, why? Well, you know, there's certain situations you try to explain it to them and they still don't get it. And then it's just like, you have to trust me, you know. Um, I mean, whatever the situation is, you know, you've used on the show the example of, you know, you're trying to teach your daughter. You drew a white line right. at the end of your driveway right. saying, you know, don't go across this. Well, why? And then all of a sudden there was a dead animal there. It's like, click. All right. Now yeah, I understand. Exactly. And so at, with, with young people, there's there's a certain level of trust even though they don't have understanding and as they get older, it's trying to help them understand why. Um, and that's kind of the conversation. So do you work at all? Now your kids will grow up with a tremendous influence of the internet. Oh yeah. That kind of thing. Right. So do you work at trying to help them discern on the internet? Like here's how you know something you should listen to or not listen to. We try to, you know, especially. And and how would you do that? You know, it's trying to teach them, you know, the principles that, that we are going through as we read the Bible. You know, and so there's certain things that they know are right and there's certain things that they know are wrong, certain things that they know that God approves of and certain things that they know that, you know, God doesn't approve of, you know, so like say swearing, for example, yeah. you know, which <clears throat> they don't know all swear words yet, um, but even like bad talking or things right. like that, you know, whatever it is or bad attitude, 
they they know pretty well what that looks like or sounds like and so they know right from wrong in that sense and so as their exposure gets greater that's where you have to coach them along the way um to identify things because they might not see it because of their innocence right and the more that they stay innocent in my mind the better absolutely you know and so the more that you can elongate that um and then as they get exposed more it's in those exposure moments that you have to teach them and 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 connect it with something that they already understand you know and you know in the example that you used with your daughter you know you drew a line at the end of driveway say don't cross this line and then when a dead animal came and she saw that it was dead like no more all of a sudden there was a connection right and so now it's like now you understand why you know you don't play in the road you don't you have to look both ways in the road and so now there's all these other principles you can apply to that one situation and that's how it is as, as we learn is that once you have an understanding of something you could take other situations and be like okay you understand this now apply this to that understanding and yeah. it's really building blocks it is. um and 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 not every situation is straightforward either no. you know no but here's what i encourage even you. As, even as parents it's not straightforward. yeah I, here's what i encourage you to do what we understand is that god loves you loves your children and and really knows what he needs to do to help them and mold them into young men of god he yeah. knows that so i think what parents need to do is look for god to do that every day yeah. Like, what are you? What do you want me to talk to my child about that's age appropriate right now that we're having go on in our home, so that you're preparing him for the future? And if you really are looking for that every day, right, there will be those golden moments where yeah. where you get to talk to him. I think one of the great dangers that has happened in our culture is that parents don't reason; they're quiet when they see something that's not right, but they don't reason in front of their kids. Hmm. So, so you see something like you see something on television or the internet that's not right. Right. I, your children need to see how you display disagreement. Yeah. And and hopefully it's something, it could be very minor at that point, something that's not overly controversial, but they need to see how you would display your disagreement, how you can talk respectfully, how you can love people, but say, I disagree with them. Right. And here's why. So that they have a way to process things. You know what I mean? That's all. If we're always silent, when they see something that your family disagrees with, they'll know that, okay, we disagree with that, but I don't know how to respond to it. Yeah. Because they've never been modeled how to respond to it. In fact, some families um, obviously model behind closed doors. They see something they don't like. They're, they're angry at the people. They call them names. They, and so then the child, when they see something they disagree with, is calling them stupid and that kind of thing, because that's what they see modeled. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you as a dad and your wife and, and, and to, when you see things, to think, oh, okay, my oldest son is here. Here's an opportunity for us to reason through this verbally yeah. for, for like y- your wife and yourself. So she'd say, Jason and I, you, Jay, Jay, let's talk about this. You know what yeah. I mean? And all of a sudden you're talking and they're just listening. Yeah. And what you're doing is showing them, here's how you reason through something Here's how you end up saying, no, that is wrong because, you know, it violates what God says. And yet, if these people really knew God, they wouldn't be doing that. So the issue is they really need to know God. Yeah. Very few people go through that whole process. And, and they, they usually cut it short. Like, oh, that's wrong because it's in the Bible. Okay, I agree. But now let's go on to make sure the kids don't hate the person, hmm. you know, that's doing it. Right. And, and understands what the real solution down the road is. Yeah. And it isn't hating them. 
it's they need to know who God is. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the real solution. Because people who don't know God are going to act like they don't know God. Right. It's the way life goes. Yep. And if, a, if your children understand that right away, they're going to be much healthier. Because mm-hmm. when they see something evil, they're going to go, they must not know God. Mm-hmm. You know, so what's the answer? Not arguing with them about the subject. Mm-hmm. They need to know God. They need to see somebody who knows God. So I encourage you to model it. And those parents that are listening at home, you know, whether it be a TV program, you see something on television that isn't appropriate because you're going to. I mean, right. it's on some advertisement or whatever else. You can say immediately, oh, that's not right. And here's why. Mm-hmm. And and and, and engage, take the step to engage in what they're watching. Right. You know, I know that the tendency is is to you know quick turn something on nowadays just because it's easier. And and I get that, but know what your kids are watching. That yep. way you can engage and understand, and not just assume that because it's a kid show that it's okay. It's really don't assume that at all. I wouldn't assume it at all. No. You know, um, no. especially the more that we go down. I mean, there's more and more stuff that is getting introduced at younger ages. Um, yeah. But I mean, parenting is an active thing, even when you send them to school. I mean, if you if you go to public school or even private school or whatever it is, you know, you need to actively engage in what they're learning. Um, you don't you just want to take the you know the word for it. That way you can make sure that they're applying the things that they're learning to the correct category. Right. You know, and and creating that biblical foundation that we want them to. Yeah. And that takes effort. That takes a, a lot of time. And, and as parents, that is our primary responsibility. It's not the school's job. It's not the Sunday school teacher's job. It's not the youth pastor's job. They're there to help reinforce what you need to be teaching at home. Right. You know, and that's, that's the hard part. And as parents, I realize there's no guidebook. Um, and so surround yourself with community along the way, you know, find people that are older than you in the same situation as with you. So that way, you know, when you get to a spot that you and your spouse, or even if you're a single parent that you don't know what to do, you have somebody to be like, Hey, what are you guys doing in this situation? Or do you know somebody in a similar situation that would be able to shed some light on how we coach our son or daughter through this thing? And, and that's what we're missing in our community is that the more that we get exposed to media, the more that we think that's our quick fix and we lose the relationship. Yeah. You know, it all goes back to what, what we say all the time in the show. Our responsibility is to love God and to love others. Right. And there's no way you can do that without being in community. There's no way. Yeah. And that's that's how we need to do life again. You yeah. know, that's why, you know, we, we look at COVID. You take away all the relationships and things fall apart. Right. Um, and so that's why it's so key to be in relationship because you help reinforce the truth by doing life together yeah. and by reminding each other and pointing each other towards the truth. Yeah. And many people have made media their community. Right. That doesn't work. I'm no. sorry. What's really interesting is when you realize how important modeling is to young people, Yeah. that's how you teach. You don't teach any other way. You teach by modeling. That's why media is so dangerous because it intrigues us. It sucks us in and it models the wrong behavior. Mm-hmm. So then we model it Yeah. You know, down the road. What we need to understand is that people are affected by the people around them. Yeah. So get the right people around your kids. Mm-hmm. That's all. Just yeah. find the right people. So as your kids grow up, as your kids grow up, you know, send them up. You know, as he gets older, send them over to my house when I'm doing wood. Yeah. Go go work with Dave. Why? I'm going to reinforce your values. I, I'm going to reinforce things that you want reinforced. I'm not even going to teach. I'm just going to reinforce them. Mm-hmm. 
So then when he comes home, you know, whatever, it's like, okay, you know, I, he didn't hear me curse when I hit myself with the axe. He didn't, you know, I mean, yep. it, you weren't beating on somebody verbally that disagreed with you. You know, so eventually you realize, okay, when you, you spent time in a foreign country, where were you? Northern Ireland. Okay. When you came back, you sounded like one of them. Yep, I did. Now, was that intentional? No. No, you picked it up Just because it up. model, I mean, you were around people and eventually you pick it up. That's life right there. Right. And and what you, I same thing with me. It's funny, if you're around somebody and they say certain things and you're around them a lot, I'm He's home and my wife will say, you're talking like that guy. <laughs> I don't mean to. That's right. Well, you are. Like, yep. boy, I picked it up that fast. Mm-hmm. You do, because we're made to be followers. Yep. We really are. The thing that Satan counts on is that we follow the wrong mm. influence. Right. And look at how many channels he has for us to follow. Mm-hmm. You have to make it intentional to have your kids actually follow something other than media. Yeah. That's all. I, and really, it should be you and your wife first. Mm-hmm. And then I know your, your wife has 400 siblings. Yep. Well, not quite, but <laughs> hyperbole. Um, so you have large family, yep. and you have family, and you know, I mean, that's your first sphere of influence, mm-hmm. actually, right there. Yeah. And if you've let media replace that, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you got to change that. You cannot let media be the m- most influential area in your life. Yeah. You can't do it. Uh, and again, I probably you might be lying to yourself too and saying what well, it isn't challenge you you sit there and see how many you know for two weeks just monitor how much time media goes into everybody's head right okay just monitor it i i don't know how you can do that but uh, you know for you it'd be easy but watch your kids how much media has gone into kids heads mm-hmm. um, i remember i challenged it, it well and then go see how much time you actually play with them and be with them yeah you'll see who's actually winning uh, I had a youth pastor once talk about their successful programs at their church. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I like doodling and asking questions, so I, I was writing something down while he was talking. Of course, he goes, what are you writing? I'm just wondering. I said, so, uh, you know, you're, you're very successful in your ministry. Oh, yeah, you know, we're good at what we do. Yeah. Okay, good. So y- y- uh, let's say the perfect kid, the absolute perfect kid. How much time do they spend with you? Said, well, uh, you know, they come to church and Sunday school. Said, so how much is that? That's two hours, you know, a week. Okay, they're o two. And and what else? Uh, they come to you know club night. Okay, how how long is that? Well, that's like an hour and a half. Okay, right. so that's three and a half hours now a week. You've got them. And um, anything else? No, that that's what the the good kids do. Mm-hmm. Do you realize that they're watching six hours a day of media? Mm-hmm. And you're thinking you're winning. I'm just challenging you as a youth pastor. You know, if you're going to, if I'm Satan, I'm taking those odds. You know, you're influencing them in a group, not even one on one, for three and a half hours a week. And they have double the time almost every day in media. Mm-hmm. And you think you're having a major impact in their life. You know, as a youth worker, I was I was troubled by that yeah. because it's like, okay, 
And then I realized, well, that's my job is to support guys like you, not to give them all the hours. So you need to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. And then you need to let me be the significant other adult in a different environment saying the same thing. Right. And, and it needs to be added to what you as a family is do, you're doing. Mm -hmm. Now, if that's not the case, if you're home, if your kids are just home, you know, yes, three and a half hours is better than zero hours. Yes, God can grab their hearts and he has. And, you know, I mean, yes, it can, if that's all you got. Mm -hmm. But as parents, I'm encouraging you, don't trust the church. Or think about how much time, once I was talking to a father and he had a, I think his fifth grade kid mm -hmm. and his family, whatever it was. Can't remember now exactly. But I was just saying, so how much time do you spend with them? Well, a lot. I said, so you think you're the most influential person in their life? Oh, yeah. I said, okay. Yeah, I like taking out a piece of paper and just doodling numbers. Yeah. And, and I hate numbers in general, but it, it's like I think they allow us to think differently. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so how much time do you spend with your kid before he goes to school? Well, none. I go to work early. I mean, okay. So they get up in the morning and what do they do? You know, it's like, well, they, they usually watch, you know, some cartoons and then mm -hmm. eat. And, okay, so they get this much media, then they get no, no problem. They eat your wife there. Yeah, okay. Then go to school for how long? Well, with the bus ride and everything, about six, seven hours. Okay. Come home at, well, my wife and I both work, so, you know, they have to. So, so they finally come home at supper, right? Mm -hmm. So far, you haven't seen them at all. I mean, just so far. Yeah. And, and remember, you're the main influence in their life, and you haven't seen them yet. Yeah. So then in the evening, how much? So all of a sudden, he's getting quiet. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, what do you do in the evening? Well, we usually, you know, eat around the TV, you know, and watch. So how much? Mm -hmm. How much are we spending with them, influencing them now? Right. You just said you're the major influence in their life. And I'm looking at this going, uh-uh, school is, media is. It, food time is more influential than you. Mm -hmm. Well, no, Dave, that doesn't. Right. I, okay, then call me a liar. I, I'm just adding it up. I'm not the one. Mm -hmm. I'm just asking you. Right. So I think parents need to look at that and think, okay, if kids really learn from influence, mm -hmm. Um, how much and where mm -hmm. can I direct this so that they get the right influence? Right. That's really it. You know, I still think I imitate my dad. Mm -hmm. I still think that my brother imitates my dad. Yeah. Because we always worked with him here at camp and, you know, other places. And um, I made a sign. We started the first um, classes at Nicolay Bible Institute again yesterday. Yeah. So my wife has a habit of making a sign for my first day of school again. <laughs> and so she made a sign that said, um, first day of your 61st year of school. Wow. I have been going to school 61 years. Wow. And I look back and I think, yeah, that's what I learned from my dad. You keep teaching and you keep giving and you keep doing it. And that's just life. Right. And I'm trying to think, why is that a lifestyle and not something I feel I have to do? Because mm -hmm. I'm imitating still somebody. Yeah. And um, I think that I want to encourage young parents, please, uh, be people who example intentionally to your children and, and keep plugged into them and get outside examples in their life. Mm 
Right. Absolutely. And you won't be sorry. Absolutely. Well, that's all the time we have here for today. If you missed part of this podcast or you want to check out other episodes, I encourage you to head over to silverichranch.org and uh, you can check out there. And uh, this is Jason Dave on Aaron Good Older. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.